Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Welcome, folks, to the Rich Koryang's Podcast, Season 2. Um, I want to thank everybody who supported the show the first season. I really appreciate all the support. Um, we'll try some different things this season. Uh, continue to just give you my takes on the Yankees and baseball in general and what's going on. Um, mixed in with some audio clips and a little bit of video. Um, if you want to see the show on YouTube, it will be my actual clips. It won't be the actual clips that are property that I borrow from other people, MLB, etc., etc. I will not put those on YouTube. So if you want to hear the actual show in its entirety, you still do have to listen to the audio format of the show, but I will break up uh, my comments on each episode and put them on the YouTube page as well, Rich Corey Yank's YouTube page. But anyway, welcome back, guys. Welcome to season two. And as of yesterday, the Yankees pitchers and catchers have reported to camp in Tampa. So we have baseball to talk about. Lots of stuff to cover today. Uh, the Yanks made a ton of um, roster moves this week. None of them that I would say are earth shattering or huge moves, but still moves nonetheless to talk about. Um, but as we talk about some of the biggest news of the week before we get to some of the free agents and stuff that we'll cover, and you'll hear some uh, thoughts from uh, the MLB Network and some other guys about the actual moves, then I'll jump on and give you my thoughts. I have to say that the biggest news uh, was that the Yankees are going to allow fans back in the stadium in New York, according to uh, the governor, at a 10% capacity. Um, this is a huge deal. This is a huge step in the right direction. Uh, just the fact that they showed up in Tampa for camp is a huge um, step in the right direction. Um, Fingers crossed that it's going to last. Fingers crossed that this season goes off without a hitch and we get a full 162. But they're in camp. Um, you know, Boone's press conference yesterday. Some big news. We'll talk about that, too, as we uh, move forward later on in the show. But again, I wanted to lead the show with the fact that not only are they in camp, but uh, potentially we're going to have some fans in the stadium as well. Now, again, I don't know how they're going to work it as far as seating. I know they're going to kind of split them up, and the word is that the season ticket holders are going to get first dibs on those games. Makes sense, I guess. Um, I worry about those season ticket holders. Are they fans? Are they corporate sponsors? Or, you know, who's buying those tickets? There's always been that big controversy. Are the real fans, you know, out in the bleachers or in the cheap seats or those high-priced, expensive seats behind home plate that we see that are empty half the time because uh, they're either not there, they've given the tickets away, they're, or they're inside in the bar or eating crab legs or whatever they're doing um, rather than watch the game. But we'll see. Listen, guys, it's good news that they're there. It's good news that the games are going to go on. Um, so let's take it step by step and keep our fingers crossed that everything goes on, goes off without a hitch. I do concerned about where they're going to seat these people, if they're going to sp split them out throughout the arena or the stadium, I should say, how that's going to look visually. But I guess, hey, some noise is better than none. I guess if you know how to mic certain areas, uh, you'll be able to hear some crowd noise. I guess it's better than uh, piped in crowd noise, although I did kind of enjoy the uh being able to hear the uh, players talk to each other last year back and forth. But um, listen, guys, this is big news. The Yankees are officially in spring training camp, pitchers and catchers at least. I know Stanton and Judge have been down for quite a while. Urshela, some other guys have been down earlier than yesterday too. But the official uh, start of camp is open in Tampa. And we have baseball 2021. So let's start the show.
Brett Gardner. Oh, and Hicks has done it again. All rise. Here comes the judge. Took him out swinging, breaking ball. I'm trying to go harder than I ever win. And Chapman comes in and dominates. That's a high drop. Bruce has a chance to crack the Yankees' crowded outfield. Brian Cashman is eyeing a few familiar names, and we've seen an encouraging first step toward having fans back in the Bronx. These stories and more coming up now. Hi, I'm Brian Hoke, and you're watching Daily Bases. Crosstown trades between the Yankees and Mets are rare. In fact, there have only been 15 of them since 1966. The Yankees thought they were adding to that history in 2017, closing in on a deal that would have sent Jay Bruce across town for the Bombers' playoff push, but instead the Mets decided to ship Bruce to the Cleveland Indians, where he wound up playing against the Yankees in that year's postseason. It took longer than expected, but Bruce will finally have the opportunity to try on the pinstripes, agreeing this week to a minor league contract. Bruce is a three-time All-Star and a two-time Silver Slugger, though he batted just 198 in 32 games for the Phillies last year. The 33-year-old provides an experienced option to challenge Mike Talkman for a bench spot, with the outfield projected to feature Clint Frazier, Aaron Hicks, and Aaron Judge from left to right on opening day. The Bruce deal does not necessarily rule out a reunion with Brett Gardner, who remains a free agent. Gardner's made little secret of his desire to complete his career with the Yankees, the only organization he's ever played for, but at this stage he's thought to be considering opportunities. Still, Brian Cashman recently said that he loves Gardner and believes he is great in the clubhouse, so it seems there is a deal to be made. If Gardner returns, he'd be the last existing link to their most recent World Series championship team, though scouts took a look at another 09 Yankee this past week. David Robertson held a showcase at the University of Alabama where he touched 91 miles an hour on the radar gun as he attempts to return from Tommy John surgery. Robertson hasn't pitched much in the last two years, but he had a 3.23 ERA in 69 appearances for the Yankees back in 2018. If he returns, it would be his third tour with the Yankees, having debuted in New York back in 2008. Another interesting name on the free agent market also has Yankees ties. That's left-hander Justin Wilson, with whom the club is said to be negotiating. There are several teams interested in the 33-year-old who spent the last two seasons with the Mets and has also pitched for the Pirates, Tigers, and Cubs. 
Wilson was a Yankee in 2015, pitching to a 3-10 ERA in 74 appearances before going to Detroit in the deal that sent Luis Sessa and Chad Green to New York. With the countdown on to opening day at Yankee Stadium, April 1 against the Toronto Blue Jays, there's new optimism that some fans, at least, will be in the stands. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced this week that arenas and stadiums will be allowed to host attendees at 10% capacity beginning on February 23rd. The Yankees called the governor's announcement an encouraging first step. The last time we saw fans in the stands at Yankee Stadium, there were more than 48,000 on hand watching Game 5 of the 2019 ALCS. We can't wait to see a crowd like that again. That'll do it for this edition of Daily Bases. Thank you for watching. I'm Brian Hope. For all of your baseball news, be sure to visit MLB.com and watch MLB Network. tonight. Jay Bruce signing a one-year minor league deal with the New York Yankees. That according to Ken Rosenthal. The deal includes an invite to spring training. 33-year-old lefty slugger will get a chance to join a lineup filled with some right-handed power. Hit uh, 198 with six homers in 96 at-bats with Philadelphia last season. Um, what, what is the possibility? What, what's the, the hope there for the Yankees uh, with, with this move here with Jay Bruce? You said it, Robert. They don't have much left-handed power, really. Almost none. Aaron Hicks, a switch hitter. We got Talkman, but other than that, that's pretty much it. So, Jay Bruce conceivably could be that guy, and given their injury issues in the outfield the last several years, you never know with the Yankees. So, it's interesting. Right now, the way they set up, it's Judge, it's Hicks, it's Clint Frazier, Talkman off the bench, Stanton is the DH. Jay Bruce could be the fifth guy. Then you ask the question, where's Brett Gardner in all this? He remains a free agent, and the Yankees have luxury tax issues, big luxury tax issues. Now, it's not my decision to not go over 210. It seems to be their decision. I don't know why they're doing this, but they said they lost most money of any team last year. They're about 204 right now. I'm sorry, 202 in that range, and the threshold is 210. They might want to add another reliever, Adding Gardner as well, it could get tight. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. And let's take a look at one thing I compiled here. And I just want people to look at this. Left-handed hitting outfielders who signed as free agents this year. And look at what they got. Now, they're all in the same range, 8 to 10 million. Now, Brett Gardner, obviously, is the oldest of this group by far. But look, by OPS Plus, second most productive last year, also had a good postseason. So if you're Brett Gardner, you're saying, I'm not signing for $2 million yet. I should be better than yeah. that. This team drafted me in 05. I've done a lot of great things. And yet, you're the Yankees, and you're like, well, we're at the threshold, yeah. and might not want to do it. That's not Brett Gardner's problem. It's not his problem. You know, Brett. So, it's a, a, a very good point. We've had a few teams now that we've talked about in the last week. Molina to the Cardinals, Turner, where is he going to go? Is he going to re-sign with the Dodgers and not Gardner? Players that 
you know you don't really want to go anywhere, and the team knows you don't want to go anywhere, so maybe that is used in trying to sweat you out a little bit as you get closer and closer spring training. Don't forget Jay Bruce. Don't, um, he can also give you depth at first base. Luke Voigt, who led the uh, major leagues in home runs yes. last year, has had some issues with his feet, plantar fasciitis, so you never know what that can go. Jay's played a lot of first base the last couple of years. And la last two years in Philadelphia, he might not hit for average anymore. Short porch in Yankee Stadium. He had 18 home runs last two years in Philly and 240 at-bats. Still got the power. addressing some needs um, in, in a very unique environment, you know, a very unique free agent environment coming off the kind of season that we just did with the pandemic. Um, obviously, you know, the big names of late with, with Tyone and, and, and Kluber coming to us, um, we're excited. We're excited where they're at um, health-wise. Um, we certainly know what they're capable of doing when they're at their best. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can go help them get get, get that out and, and they can be huge members of, of our staff. Guys, so we're going to talk about some roster moves that the Yanks did this past week here. A uh, ton of moves as they uh, tried to shore up their non-roster invitees to camp. Um, some notable exceptions to the actual camp this year as the big name everybody's waiting to see if we were going to get a look at this year in big league camp, and that is the Martian Dominguez. Jason Dominguez will not be invited to spring training. Um, some other notables um, were Isaiah Gilliam. Um, a kid that I've had my eye on for a few years now, also not being invited to camp. Uh, they're going to go to the minor league camp and continue their work there. Makes sense with Dominguez, seeing as how he didn't really get a minor league season last year to participate in. He is probably a year behind, which probably doesn't hurt him. As if you've seen every, like I have everybody else in the videos of this kid, he's, he's a monster. So looking forward to see him. But as far as the roster moves they did make to go into camp with, we talked a lot about the rotation last week. No big moves on that. Uh, mostly position players um, and some of the people they brought in. Derek Dietrich, 31-year-old or spent uh, the 2020 season with Texas. Uh, kind of a jack-of-all-trades uh, utility player. Um, think older version of Tyler Wade. Not really sure why they're bringing him in unless it's to push Tyler Wade. I think he, Tyler pretty much has that spot locked up unless I'm missing something here. But uh, he batted 197 at 70 with 75 at-bats last year. He didn't really tear the ball off the cover. He's essentially a guy who can play all over the infield, though. So, I mean, I guess another insurance policy just in case of an injury. Uh, one thing that I did find interesting, uh, they bring in Robinson Chir Chirinos, uh, the former Astro. Um, in a catcher 
And uh, this this caught my eye only because of the Garrett Cole situation. Um, normally, I would say not a big deal. They bring in another catcher. You always need a ton of catchers during the spring anyway. Um, you know, eight to eleven to thirteen catchers brought in the beginning, especially to handle all the pitchers until you start sending guys down to the minor league camp. So it caught my eye definitely that it was this guy from the Astros, and he's got a lot of experience catching Garrett Cole. Um, we all know what happened last year with uh, Higgy kind of becoming Cole's everyday catcher or his personal catcher. So this will be interesting, something interesting to keep an eye on to see if he's brought in. You know, Cole says, hey, tell somebody, bring him in. I like him. I've caught him. I have a good rapport with him. Not sure what he does. Um, we've talked about this in previous episodes. And Yanks are going to go with Sanchez unless he gives them a reason this year not to. And if they didn't give up on him last year after his performance, they're definitely, it's going to take a lot for them to, how could he get worse this year? Seriously, guys, I don't see how he could get worse. It's, it's almost impossible. So uh, it's going to be Sanchez and, and all else. Maybe this guy replaces Higgy. I don't know. Higgy came up and performed really well for us last year. He had some big hits. He was great behind the plate. He was everything you'd want a backup to be. But I mean, he is, you know, he's, he's over 30 years old. So he's not a spring chicken anymore either. Either is a, uh, Either is uh, Robinson. So we'll see what happens. Um, I, I got to think, let's just keep an eye on it just in case, you know, something happens there. I mean, could they possibly give up on Sanchez? I, I don't see it. I really don't with his bat potential, um, especially not early in the year. And if that's the case, you're not carrying three catchers. Um, is Robinson going to go down? Uh, probably not. Um, Higgy more likely to go down, I guess. I'm, uh, I think he has a few options left, but I mean, kind of not fair to do to him. He hasn't really done anything to not earn it. So. Um, it is what it is. Uh, bullpen, Yankees signed Justin Wilson to bring him back from the Mets. Uh, for, he gets $4 million for a one-year deal. Um, great lefty out of the bullpen. He was good for us before. He was great for other teams after he left. Uh, that bullpen's really solid now. Uh, with Canely gone, I mean, with Justin Wilson, um, you're already with Chapman, Green, um, Britton. I mean, the, the bullpen is, is pretty solid once again. So, um Another great move by Cashman to, to bring in another solid uh, relief pitcher. I think this really puts the fork in Dave Robinson. I know he had a, a workout that the Yankees attended along with some other teams. I think this pretty much says that they're not going to bring David Robinson back in unless they bring him into a minor league deal and he goes to AAA. And, you know, is there a case of an injury like an Aaron Warren situation who is uh, going to be down on the farm, I think, trying to earn a spot also so but the biggest news as you heard in the clips that we just played there i guess the biggest free agent news would be uh jay bruce um the yankees bring him in and i also think this spells the end for brett gardner much as the justin wilson signing i think spells the end for or uh, spells a no return for dave robinson and a lot of Yankee fans aren't going to hear this. I think the Jay Bruce signing of sticks a fork in the Brett Gardner deal. Uh, the Yankees have about $6 million left approximately to spend to stay under that $210 million self-imposed uh, budget. Um, so that leaves them about $6 million right now, give or take, that they can spend. Uh, Gardner on the open market would probably command closer to eight, maybe nine or ten, depending on you know how lucky he gets. He's an older player, but he still does have some tools. Would somebody give him that? You know, you're only worth what somebody will give you. Um, would he take a hometown discount to come back to the Yankees? Probably. Um, I would say he would. Would he take that big a cut? I don't know, seeing as how it might be the last money he ever gets playing professional baseball. Um, it would be sad to see him in another uniform, but if the guy wants to play, he should continue to play. Um, I loved him. He was a great Yankee. He was fiery. He was a leader. He's the last holdover of that championship team. But this isn't that team anymore. 
and I know you guys are broken up about it. It's it's time to move on from Brett Gardner. I, I hate to say it, but and am I saying that Jay Bruce is some monster? No, but he can play the outfield. He can play a little first base, which is a bonus. I'm not a huge Talkman fan, but you're getting Talkman on the cheap. So if you want to use your outfield, which is pretty set right now, barring injuries, Judge Hicks. And Frazier, who in his press conference yesterday, Aaron Boone made a little news by giving him the official job, saying he's earned a starting job in left field. I'm all for that. Kid needs at-bats. I'm really excited. Probably the most excited about any position on the field as to see what Clint, Clint Frazier is going to do with 200-plus at-bats. And the confidence to know that he's starting in left field, I think you could see a really big, really big year from him. Um, so as far as the outfield, uh, you got Jay Bruce. You could carry two outfielders. You got Talkman. You're not going to carry three. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. The Yanks have other prospects, you know, down on the horizon in the outfield. You got Florio. You got other guys that we've talked about. Probably not ready this year, but they're out there. So, I mean, listen, this it happens. It sucks. Long time Yankees go away. Um, you know, you, you respect what they did. You appreciate what they did. But you got to move on from some from from some guys. It's just the way it is. It, it stinks. It happens every year. You know, it happened to CC last year. The guy literally threw his arm out. You hate to see him go, but it is what it is. Uh, I hated to see, uh, you know, uh, you know, these guys leave every year. You know, Tanaka going back to Japan hurts. Hurts to see him in that Japanese uniform. It's weird. You know, you get used to seeing him in the pinstripes, but it is what it is. You know, you appreciate what they did for you here and you move on. So as far as the roster moves, I don't see the Yanks doing anything else. I think they're pretty solid. You got to give Brian Cashman an A plus, man. I, he does it every year. I don't know how he does it. Um, comes up with some guys that you're not really thinking about to plug holes. I mean, think about the, the massive, massive amount of injuries this team's had over the last couple of years. What other franchise is going to survive with the amount of injuries that we had? I mean, unprecedented to the point where every single day I was scared to death to hear the, to hear who got hurt. You cringe every time somebody reaches down and pull, you know, grabs their leg or something like that. It seemed like every single day. Um, but as far as roster goes, Cashman, and then you give them a budget on top of that. You know, you're the New York Yankees. You're one of the richest franchises in the world. Billions of dollars of revenue. And you tell them, look, we're only spending 210 Okay, that's fine. And you got the right guy to do it because he brought in people in every single position. You needed starters. He brought in Kluber. He brought in Jamison. He brought in, um, he's getting Herman back. You're getting Sevy back. Um, you're okay there on, on paper. Uh, you need an outfielder for Gardner to replace Gardner. Bring in Jay Bruce, um, who offensively should be a, a pickup from Gardner. You know, so, uh, you know, the rest of the position players who were there, you're not totally sure. On Gary Sanchez, not a hundred, a thousand percent. So you bring in a veteran backup just in case, you know. So I think he's done a great job. I think this roster is pretty set. Now we just gotta hope and pray, guys. Spring training, no injuries. We cannot have injuries. No injuries. This team looks solid, solid, solid to win the American League. Um, we'll talk about projections here in a little bit uh, later on in the show. But as far as rosters and free agents, busy, busy week. They're all set. The team that's here is in camp, and uh, let's get. This got our attention today. So you've heard of PACOTA. It stands for something. It's some convoluted uh, anagram or whatever. But Am I wrong to say I never heard of it? You're, you're, you're wrong, and you're, you've been bereft in your duties as a talk show host. Don, 
What do you think? I didn't. I didn't know Pakoda. Like I know that there's project projections, like baseball prospectus. I didn't know it was called Pakoda. I know the town Pagoda in New Jersey. It has no connection to Pagoda. Has no connection to Pagoda. No, it's Pakoda. Right. Yeah, I don't know if it's real, but go ahead. All right, so Baseball Prospectus puts out their uh, Pakoda win projections. There's a whole formula, a simulation that spits out rough estimates of every team's win total. Got it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, they have the Yankees running away with the American League East at 97.4 wins. And the second-place team is not Toronto. They have Tampa Bay at 86.4. So they have the Yankees winning by 11 games. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. I, I'm surprised Tampa Bay's ahead of Toronto. I am, too. Now, this really surprised me, and this is not a diss on the Mets, because I've been sitting here... And I've been defending what the Mets have done during this offseason when their fan base has been going crazy that they didn't get Trevor Bauer and they didn't get Springer and they didn't get Rio Muto. Oh, by the way, they got a great shortstop in Francisco Lindor and a really good pitcher in Carlos Carrasco. And Stroman came back. I mean, they're, they're doing fine. Yesterday they signed Jonathan VR, a good guy off the bench, could steal a base, could play several positions. Pakoda has the Mets. Running away with the National League East at 95.5 wins. Then they have Washington, the Nationals, at 85 wins. So the Mets are going to win the division by 10 games. The third place team is the Phillies. Hmm. The fourth place team, according to Pakoda, is the Atlanta Braves. Don and Peter, what am I missing? No, I, I don't get that. Listen, I, I'm a huge Mets fan. Uh, this has nothing to do. I mean, why, why, why have the Braves fourth? What, what am I missing Met there? Fan? Listen, uh, you have to be something special as a Mets fan to think they're winning this division by ten games. Ten. That's and the Atlanta Braves, who I still think are the team to beat in the division, are fourth. Yeah, I don't. That's get a little that. off to me. I mean, I can I'm see the Mets support. winning the division, but running away well, with it. Oh, listen, winning the division is not out of the realm of possibility. I think we look at the top four teams in that division, no offense to the Marlins, but the top four teams in the division where it can it can really finish in any order. And I think they're all going to be within a couple of games of each other. But to say that the Mets will be ten games better than the second-place team, I mean, that... But uh, that, actually, it's not—it's not being overly respectful to the Mets because 95 wins isn't a crazy thought. But to just uh, to disrespect the other teams of the division, and just assume they're all going to be like around 500—that's a—that's it. You tell me, all those teams are going to be at 85 and less? Now let me put uh, Andrew on the spot. Uh, I didn't tell him I was going to ask him this. Do you Do remember the Pakoda projection? For the team with the most wins, was it the Dodgers? It was. I think they were 102, just over 102 wins. See, now, the, these projections differ because, you know, when you look at projected war, the Yankees have the highest number of any team in baseball, even more than the Dodgers, although that was before the Dodgers got Bauer. But they were five war points behind the Yankees. The Yankees, I think, were at 51. The Dodgers were at 46. But Pocota obviously have the Dodgers running away with it. What are they? Do you remember what they had the Padres at? 96, over 96, I believe. 96.5, somewhere around there. Interesting. So Yankees, 97.4. The Mets, 95.5. I mean, it's it sounds to me like you've got a formula, right, 
but does the formula actually like play itself out like you know I, I don't know whenever you come up with some sort of formula and then you do it and you're like well that that doesn't seem right that, that that math doesn't work like in real life does that make sense that the Mets are 10 games better than the second best team in their division just so maybe it works for each individual team but does that make sense no it doesn't seem like it's based in reality. Now, again, I could see the Mets winning the NL East. I can't see the Braves finishing fourth. I mean, that, how are the Braves weird. not better than the Phillies? Well, I got to tell you, though, for just as much conviction as you have about that being wrong, I could have that conviction any direction about this division. I, I just think, mean? isn't it hard to really say anything confidently about who finishes where in the NL East? How do you know? Well... The Braves Listen, can't win that division, of up, If it's bunched up right down through the end of September and like uh, three games separate them, okay, the way it shakes out, the Braves would finish fourth. I, I could see that. But I can't see the Braves being off the pace and not even competing. Because right. when I see a fourth-place team, I'm kind of looking, well, they're not going to compete. The Braves, to me, are the best team in the well, division. So so, uh, so what do they have the Braves at finishing fourth, but with what record? I didn't see the number. Maybe Andrew Do you remember, that. Andrew? Yeah, I have it here. 82.4. So barely a 500 team with the talent they have on that team, and they just sign they re-sign Marcelo Zuna. Uh, really odd. That's that's very that's well whatever. I mean I I'd love it to be true, but I I think you the, the phrase that you said makes the most sense. It's not doesn't seem based in reality. Like could the Mets win 95 games? Yeah. Could there be a season where things just don't click for the Braves and they finish around 500? Yeah. But would you project that to happen? Now, and Picotto it also happened. Picotto was wrong about the Nationals last too? year. No, they had right. them finishing first and they finished second. They didn't have the Bra- They didn't have the Rays doing what they did. Yeah, we got to see their track record. No, their track record's usually excellent. I mean, really excellent where they stun people. Out of the blue, they'll pull they'll pull a team out and say this team's going to be good. And everybody rolls their eyes, well, and they are. Well, they they might nail a few teams. Like they they listen. They'll get credit if the Mets finish with ninety six wins. They'll get credit for being accurate about the Mets, right? But now, you're not if you accurate go to... about every team, right, Peter? And if one of those teams ends up being the Phillies, who finish with a hundred, well, then you probably don't deserve as much credit as you would for just based on how you did with the Mets. If you end up getting the whole order wrong, no, Abe Vigoda is a guy who deserves respect. No, That's is, why I give it. This is Pakoda. Right. gang so you heard a little bit from uh, michael k voice of the yankees and his radio crew talking about projections or projected projections from the so-called experts um heard a lot of talk the last couple days about what on paper this team should do um a lot of teams or a lot of fans seem to be hedging their bets saying that the yankees are going to finish under 100 games i don't see it um i think they'll be spot dead on at 100 games uh that's my prediction i say they win 100 games on the nose uh, right on it or over it or under it just a little bit. Um, this is a team that with even all those injuries um, has had a tremendous ability to 
bring up other guys and get contributions from other guys and withstand all these injuries. So I'm predicting that they're going to win over 100 games. Uh, listen, uh, I'm a Yankee fan, so I'm always going to be optimistic. Um, a lot of Yankee fans are being cautiously optimistic, and I understand that with all the injuries the last few years and the fact that it's been a minute since we've won a championship. But I got to tell you, um, I, I think the Yankees might be – might be ready for one of those big years. They might be ready for a 1998, a monster year. They're due for it. They're more due for that than they are an average year. Um, I hear a lot of talk about the rest of this division. Uh, listen, I called it last year. I thought Toronto would be a playoff team or close to a playoff team. They were. Uh, Toronto spent some money. They got better. Uh, pitching. Pitching is the biggest problem with the Blue Jays. They have, a, they have one starter, one legit starter. And four guys who are just average. And you need pitching, especially when you're American League East and you got to go up against the lineup like the Yankees. So I'm not all in on the on the Blue Jays. they got some young players. A lot of times that second year, that uh, sophomore jinx, that sophomore slump comes in and those little guys, you know, you get some more tape on them. Though it was a shortened season, there's things for these guys to look at. Um, I think Tampa takes, I mean Tampa, the Blue Jays take a step back this year, to be honest with you. Um, so I, I think they'll be a decent team. I think they'll be a tough out. I think they'll be a tough win, but I think they take a step back. Uh, the Red Sox, uh, listen, what are the Red Sox? Uh, does Sale come back? Does he come back healthy? If he does, that's a plus. Who knows? Besides that, it's 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 a whole new team. It's, you know, they were awful last year, just awful. Um, and I knew they knew they were rebuilding. Uh, they were dropping some payroll. Again, they're, they're on paper, a pretty poor team they can hit. Uh, again, another team that cannot pitch very well. So, again, you're seeing a common theme here. If you can't pitch against the Yankees, Yankees are going to eat your lunch. Um, Baltimore, an absolute joke. Um, they've been a joke for a decade, for 20 years maybe. Uh, it's awful. I, I, It's so sad. You know, and they're talking about maybe getting a new stadium. It's just awful. I don't understand how the league can allow teams like this to be this bad and operate with a $40 million you know, budget. You have the Rays and you have the Orioles in the same division with the Red Sox and the Yankees spending over $200 million versus them spending $40 million a year. I don't get it. I don't know how it's allowed. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times in last season's episodes. Baseball needs a salary cap. You need a bottom and you need a max. Um, I'm flexible on what that number could be. Uh, I'm thinking, I mean, listen, you can make the disparity big, you know, but to go from 40 million to 210, where the Yankees are considering themselves under a budget of 210 and competing against teams spending 40 million is a joke. It's ridiculous. Now, don't get me wrong. I just think all teams should spend money. I'm not against the team spending money. Yankees are making plenty of money. They're getting your money. They're getting my money. They're getting parking money. They're getting uh, streams. They're getting merchandise. They're getting plenty of money. I've given the Yankees more money over my lifetime than anybody else, and that's including girlfriends and wives. So I'm not upset that they spend a lot of money on players. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the rest of the teams need to spend money too. I'm tired of giving uh, bailouts to these teams. you got a team like the Orioles that can spend $40 million a year, get handouts from luxury tax, and not spend any money. It's a joke. It's ridiculous. And you can't tell me they're not making money. They've got their own television network. Don't tell me they're not making money. Tampa is another question. I can't see if they're making money or not. But, you know, they got to be making something. They're not in this business to lose money. That being said... Um, Tampa, uh, listen, Tampa got rid of two of their three top starters in Morton and Snell. They got two, they, they had three plus starters. They got rid of two of them. How could they be as good? Now, I want to say this. 
Every year I think Tampa is going to take that big step back because on paper, I don't know who the guys are, and every year they surprise me. So I don't know who they have, what scouts they have. They seem to do something amazing every year, and they surprise us, and they play us super tough. So I'm not going to count them out, but, I mean, if I had to, to call it right now, it's it's them in Baltimore fighting for last place in that division. Um, I think the Yankees will take first place. I think the Blue Jays will get a second. Um, followed by the Orioles and the Rays fighting it out down there. So I, I listen, just my projections, just my guesses. Injuries could change everything, but the Yankees have shown injuries. Don't really slow them down. If you look at our positions, every single position, somebody gets hurt. You can kind of say we have somebody to take over. Now, you know, again, eventually, you know, you, you go to that well too many times and something's not going to give. But right now on paper, and my prediction for this season is the Yankees going to win 100 games. Um, I, I'm leaning, I, I really want to go out and say that they're going to win 110 games and have a, a runaway season. I think they're going to win this division by double digits. Um, I definitely think by over 10 games. Uh, I don't see much competition in the AL East. I really don't. I know that sounds like I'm being cocky, but I'm not. I honestly don't see much competition in the American League. Maybe the White Sox. Twins play us. You know, during a regular season, pretty tough. We know what happens in the playoffs against the Twins, though. They're, you know, scared to death of us. They don't show up. Um, Angels, maybe they step up a little bit. I don't know. I don't see any other team in the American League giving us a real hard time, with the exception of maybe the White Sox right now, unless something crazy happens. So as far as I'm concerned, it's the Yankees road to hoe all the way to the National League and the World Series. Uh, as far as who gets there on that side, that's another discussion maybe for another day. But as far as the Yankees this year, I see smooth sailing on the chase to 28. Folks, last thing I wanted to cover in this week's episode, and again, the format of the show is going to change a little bit as the season gets started and we get some actual games. We'll do a weekly recap of the games from the previous week. Um, I look for the episodes to drop pretty consistently Thursday night late, early Friday morning, so you have them for the weekend or before the following three-game weekend series um, once the season gets going. Um, you know, spring training, of course, that'll be a little bit different. Uh, a lot more audio coming in the next couple days as I'm recording this Thursday afternoon. We had Bruins big press conference yesterday. All the pitchers are talking today. Tons of media coverage. You know how it is in the beginning of the season. Um, so we'll have some clips and some interesting stuff. Anything important comes out of that in next week's show. Um, some stuff I did want to cover about spring training. Uh, the spring training schedule officially is out. Um, going to be a little different number one hey let's just be happy we have spring training so we're going to have some kind of spring training and that's good essentially what they're going to do is um regionalize the teams which makes sense so that's going to eliminate the yanks traveling to the east coast of florida for any games and it's going to eliminate them traveling south kind of stinks for me because i am in south florida and i did usually get a chance to check them out when they came down to fort myers to play the twins and the yankees they will not be doing that this year um if i want to see them i'll have to drive up to tampa and take my chances to get uh, some tickets up there the really bad news or the bummer news is that the Yankees are closing the practices to the fans. Um, and I told you guys last year's episode, and if you looked at my uh, YouTube page last year, you saw some pretty cool videos that I got um, of Cole and his first couple of uh, practices with the Yanks. Um, it was a really great opportunity. And uh, being a Yankee fan, it's really, really difficult to get 
alone time with any of the New York Yankees. And I got to tell you, I don't know if it was just because people weren't up on that you could go to these practices or what it was, but the last two or three years in a row, I was able to go up there a couple days before uh, pitchers and catchers showed up. And again, a lot of the guys were in camp. Judge was in camp already. Um, you know, Chapman, these guys, Cole last year. And I got to literally just hang out in the outfield, literally watch bullpens from two feet away, um, watch workouts. I, I, I listened you know, like a, like a fly on the wall, clear as day, the whole conversations Cole was having with Hap and Tanaka last year about how to throw breaking balls and stuff. It was incredible. It was a, it was really good access the year before, um, getting a chance to talk to Gary Sanchez a little bit as he walks from field to field. Um, you know, there was maybe, maybe a hundred people there, maybe that's being, you know, generous, but unfortunately not going to happen this year. Uh, it is what it is. You know, there's always some diehards that are out there, you know, standing outside the minor league camp. If you're not familiar with how Tampa is and if you haven't made a trip down to spring training, I suggest you do it. It really is incredible. Um, the minor league camp is three or four miles down the road. Essentially, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium, you got, which is kind of connected to Legends Fields, kind of over the highway. And then on the other side of the stadium in the parking lot from the Buccaneers is the minor league camp. Um, where the Yankees are, and you'll see some diehards hang out there. So, but it is a, it's a walkable distance from one to the other if you wanted to check out both. Not much to see in a minor league camp as way as from the street or outside. You'll see a lot of diehard fans waiting outside the uh, parking lot just looking to get you know stuff autographed and stuff like that. I am not a big autograph guy. I don't go there for that. Um, I know a lot of fans are going to be bummed out that they won't have that access. Um, I'm just looking to see guys listen to experience some of this stuff. Um, I'm a baseball nerd, so just, you know, to watch, you know, guys break down mechanics and, you know, watch catching drills and, and it'll be a fly in on the wall and watch uh, some of the interviews going on and stuff like that was really cool. Not going to have it this year. Hopefully next year we can get back to business. But what we do know about spring training, like I said, they're going to keep it regionalized. So that means the entire spring training besides inter-squad games, which will make up some of the games that they're not played, they're going to see a lot of the Blue Jays, the Phillies, the Orioles, and the Tigers. Uh, no Mets, no Red Sox in the spring. It is what it is, guys. Hey, it's games. It's baseball. Hopefully, you know, we can get this. Listen, I'm hoping that this works. I just want 162, you know. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. So uh, the season will kick off on February 28th. Um, that game will be on Yes. They always carry the first spring training game. It will be televised, so you'll be able to get to watch that. Again, tickets have not been released. Ticket information has not been released for spring training. Now, these stadiums, you know, a couple of thousand, you know, five to seven thousand on the big end for some of these ballparks. If you're doing limited capacity, um, I don't know what that's going to look like as far as spreading people out in pods or however they're going to work it. That seems to be what they're doing down here. Um, they, it's not a football stadium like the Super Bowl where you could spread out 20,000 people. You, you're going to spread out people in a you know, 6,000 seat, 7,000 seat uh, baseball field. And you're looking about maybe getting you know under 1,000 people in, I'd say. Uh, Florida is very, I will tell you, being from New York and now living in Florida, Florida is very relaxed with the uh, COVID restrictions. So if any state's going to do it, it's going to be Florida. So uh, hopefully we'll have some more information next week. Um, I will get to some games if I can, if I can, if I can score tickets somehow. Um, I will be definitely up in Tampa at some games this year, and I'll give you some feedback on that. But that's it for spring training. Um, that's really going to put Bo on this week's episode. I just want to remind you guys about the uh, how to contact me. You got the email, richcoreyanks at gmail.com. If you want to send me anything or anything big or big files or anything like that, feel free to send that. Questions, comments, of course, on the social media, the Instagram, Rich Corey Yanks, uh, Facebook, the Twitter, Rich Corey Yanks. Uh, feel free to send all this stuff. And the YouTube page, which will start to get updates again, like I said, 
of this week's episode will drop probably around the same time as the audio version, maybe a little bit after. And again, that will just be my takes in between the media clips. So if you want to hear the show in its entirety, you still do need to go listen to it on however you listen to podcasts. It's Apple, Spotify, however you get your podcast. So I appreciate all the support. I'm looking forward to a great season. Um, I won't keep you too long. I promise uh, the shows are generally going to be around a half hour long unless something you know major happens. Quick hits on my quick takes. And listen, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, you go to YouTube and, and, and type in Yankee News. There's 8,000 guys who have uh, similar shows to this that are going to give you their opinion. Uh, this is just my opinion. I don't do the show to get rich. I don't do it to make money at all. I do it to kind of vent. Uh, it all started for me putting out a clip um, a couple years ago, uh, a night when the Yanks were just horrible. And I just put out a quick video, really upset. And I got a lot of feedback from people saying that I should share uh, my thoughts. It might be helpful to me, maybe calm down my anger level a little bit uh, with the Yankees. Listen, I, if, you, if you're if you just joining us for the first time, I am a diehard Yankee fan. Um, last year was the first year in over 30 years that I did not attend a game in person, obviously because of the COVID restrictions. Um, not only a diehard Yankee fan, but I'm a baseball fan in general. Um, transplanted from New York down to Florida, so I do get a chance to go to some minor league games down here, which is a blessing. Uh, I used to travel from New York down here for spring training games anyway. Now it's the opposite. I travel up to New York to catch games up at the stadium and vice versa. But um, uh, we'll always have a fondness for the old stadium. That was uh, my stadium. As you say, a lot of me- a lot of good memories in that stadium. Um, I grew up uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, so my teams were not good. I just missed the last championship teams of the late 70s, and uh, my teams were awful. Awful until the Jeter and the Fab Five teams of the mid to late 90s. Um, uh, Mattingly was the only guy we had for years and years, but I mean, I grew up on, you know, the Rick Cerrones, the, you know, the, the you know, the, the Greg Nettles, uh, those teams, and uh, Dave Winfields, and, you know, they, they, they were awful, <laughs> the Tartables, they were awful, you know, but I was there anyway. I mean, listen, I remember going to, to games regularly. And, you know, there's, you know, half half stadium was empty, you know, maybe three quarters empty. Um, so to see where we've gone to where we've gotten back to, to competing every year, to being consistent every year, it's time to win a championship. I agree. I know, guys, um, but we should be happy that we have um, a competitive team every single year and a year out. And it's really amazing just cons- consistently win 100 games. It's a lot of teams and a lot of fans of teams who don't get to enjoy that. So uh, I plan on enjoying it. And I don't get me wrong. If you would have caught me last year, final out of the game, you can ask people, you know, ask my family in the house who went running and hiding and closing doors because there was things being thrown all across the house. I'm a passionate fan. I get upset when they lose. I can get a little bit cranky. Um, But for the most part, as we go on this season, um, you'll see that I am a diehard and legitimately a good fan. So I appreciate you joining me for this season. And like I said, feel free to hit me up on any of the social medias or the emails if you have any questions, concerns, or anything you'd like to see or discuss on the show. Hopefully going to get more interactive with some polls and stuff as we go on. Um, I do. I appreciate the support. I do get a, a... support every week from consistently from a lot of people and i appreciate it so i'm looking forward to a great 2021 and hopefully a 28th championship for our bronx bombers thanks guys see you next week <laughs> he it like an egg. Yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that, he hit the fucking bull.
Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah, I'm having a blast. Nice. Good. God, sucker teed off in that like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him. <laughs> 